Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for magic online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco and I'm Big Head Joe. And we've got uh, several things to talk about today. We've got hopefully, yeah. I mean, One that's why we record. We yeah. Record, yeah. Um, so <laughs> we've got news on the fall set. We've got standard week one uh, event coverage. You know, event analysis. I guess you can call it. Yeah. Um, We've got some discussion about modern because we, of course, have a mythic championship coming up at the end of this month in Barcelona and the format is modern. Um, and then we've probably got a couple other things to throw in here and there. So um, let's just get started on the, the the news because I'm I'm actually giddy. Like that's the word that I feel like describes how I feel right now, because a couple hours ago mm-hmm. uh, it was announced that the name of the fall set is Throne of Eldraine, which of course doesn't tell us much of anything, but the theme of the fall set was also announced, and they are bringing fairies back to standard uh, and to magic, and we haven't really had fairies as a as a major theme of a set since Lorwyn, so we're going back 12 years. Um, right, surprisingly. Like, I really yeah. thought that, like, f- between Lorwyn and now, they would have made at least a half-hearted attempt to... I mean, Add there have tribal been a few fairies. fairies. Tribal fairies, yeah. yeah. Sorry, like, yeah, there, there there, have been a few fairies here and there printed. It's not like there's none, but it's not a theme of a set. It's just kind of a, oh, here's a creature we made, and it has flash and flying, so should it be? Probably a fairy. Okay, that works. You know, kind right. of like, it, it's not like top-down, let's design some fairies. It's more of what fits with the card. Of course, I'm just speculating, but it, it, that's what it seems like. I did a little um, speculating myself today. Yeah, I think we should talk about that in just a second. So <laughs> Throne of Eldraine pre-release weekend is September 28th and 29th. Uh, the theme of the set seems to be fairies. I don't know if that's the entire theme or if that's just a bigger theme. Uh, what was revealed was kind of like an invitation, like the the royal court of Eldraine requests your presence at the pre-release. Throne of Eldraine pre-release mm-hmm. weekend, September 28th, 29th. That's really all we, we've got and some mention of fairies and there's some little fairies in the art. So I don't know if the theme is like fairy tale kind of thing like Lorwyn was because that's kind of what what Lorwyn was centered around was like this kind of um, the flavor of of fairy tales Um, but Evan Irwin mentioned something like maybe it's sort of Shakespearean sort of Midsummer Night's Dream kind of thing and I'm like that sounds really cool too because so many of the planes that we visit in Magic are based on kind of like you know we've got like the the Egyptian theme and the um I'm, of course, now I'm drawing a blank. You know, we've got the horror theme, but this is yeah. something like a Shakespearean theme or a fairy tale theme just seems a little bit uh, un- more unusual, but still seems to fit 
with uh, with with magic. And I don't know. That seems really exciting. I think it's uh, great. I don't care yeah. what the theme is, frankly, uh, if it as long as it means we get some new Rebecca Goy art. Yeah, so well, that, that's going to be awesome if we get that because. I, I mean, if she could just illustrate the whole set for us, that one, uh, that that or um, or what is it, uh, Jesper Age Sing? I can't pronounce his last name. I don't actually know if I've ever heard it said, but um, I actually have one of his art books, but it doesn't tell me how to pronounce his name. <laughs> um, but he's an incredible artist as well. Uh, but one thing to note. This plane is not Lorwyn. Right. Um, it's not a return to Lorwyn. I I actually knew that. I knew that we were getting a new plane. But this morning when you and I were texting, I was like, oh, well, maybe if Eldraine is something – if Eldraine is someplace on Lorwyn, then maybe, you know, we'll see Glenelendra Archmage reprinted or something. Right. Uh, but no, this is not Lorwyn. So that co- sort of leads us into the, the rest of the discussion we were having and you kind of mentioned. But um, – speculating so so tell us what you were talking about this morning or what yes. you were, were doing this morning mm-hmm. so as soon as he said fairy set i was like "Ooh!" so i like and he you actually know literally what you said was cue the buyouts and i, I just was like, copied it was actually saffron olive's tweet and i just copied it and pasted it so it wasn't me saying it but i was yeah sure <laughs> I, I was saying it i was quoting somebody else yeah but regardless uh, you got me thinking. I was like, buyouts, huh? You know, so I just started looking at um, uh, Cool Stuff Inc. and just decided to pick up a playset of Sower of Temptation because they were like two twenty-five each played, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I picked up two Glenelendra Archmage, uh, one for like six bucks from Masters 2013 and then one for eight bucks from uh, – from Eventide or whatever said it was, it was Eventide, yeah, right? I think so. so. Eventide or Morning Tide. I don't, I don't actually remember. Something like, yeah, it was Eventide because of Persist. Okay, um, there you go. Yep. Yeah, so, um, so I just picked up a couple of those. I'm not a speculator. I'm not someone who really does that sort of thing. But I figured it couldn't hurt to grab a couple of those um, just in case. I feel like yeah. Sower might actually is more likely to get a reprint because it doesn't have Persist. You know right, I mean? and it doesn't have the name of a, of a location on another plane right. in the in the the name of the card. Exactly. Uh, so that that makes sense to me as well. I, I could totally see us getting a Sower of Temptation back, and Sower was really good in Standard. Of course, mm-hmm. fairies in general were really good in Standard. We also had Bitter Blossom and Thoughtseize in in that Standard. Uh, so I don't know if I expect either of those to show up again. It might Probably be a, a tall ask, especially considering last time they reprinted Thoughtseize and like uh, what was it, Theros Block, um, or, or that that standard. People hated it, and Mono Black was kind of like a, a the bane of standard for a while. So I, I kind of don't expect a Thoughtseize and reprint. Thought Erasure is currently in standard and is basically the bane of standard now. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So I could totally see. Uh, uh, you know, no thoughts he's in this set, but I could. I don't know about Bitter Blossom. I mean, it is a tribal card, so that's a keyword that uh, kind of pertains to the the Lorwyn plane. But they could bring that back as if if it's going to be a tribal set. Why not bring the tribal keyword back? So they would have to do more than just um, fairies, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So that that's kind of up in the air right now. We don't know. Huh, up in the air like fairies. Um, oh, anyway. <laughs> like George we, Clooney. Oh, yeah, like George Clooney. Um, and Anna Kendrick, right? Yeah. Sure. So, 
<laughs> so you know, uh, my dad. It was, what was it about that dude getting a million freaking flyer miles? Right? Wasn't that the whole movie? My dad did that in like ten years. <laughs> I don't remember what the movie was exactly, but up yeah, in my, the air. My dad but, uh, is like like lapped that fool. But anyway. Uh, so anyway, we don't know if it's if it's going to be a tribal set. We just know there are fairies, and and uh, I'm excited just to see what they do with it. I really don't think they'll bring back Bitter Blossom, especially considering we just got the uh, what was that that I can't even remember the name of it. The new Bitter Blossom that we were talking about a couple months ago from War of the Spark. That Dreadhorde some, Invasion. Dreadhorde Invasion. I was like, it's Dreadhorde something. Um, so I don't think they'd put two Bitter Blossom esque cards in standard at the same time. Um, but I guess we'll see. Um, to uh, to wrap this up a little bit, oh, I, I guess if you're curious about speculating on fairies, I think uh, that's not crazy. One of the other things I mentioned to Joe was uh, was Mutavolt. That could see a reprint, especially if we get a uh, tribal set. And um, the swords, so like Sword of Feast and Famine, Sword of War and Peace, I don't think they're going to get a reprint. But the thing is, if this is a fairy-centric uh, thing, set we're going to likely get a boost or the, the tribe is likely to get a boost in modern fairies is like a tier three deck i mean it's not it's it's not like it never shows up but it almost never shows up uh i think it's yuya takahashi that usually plays fairies now i could be totally wrong about that but uh but there is a fairy deck in modern it's just not really so tribal there are like snapcasters in it uh it's more like a wizard deck in a lot of ways um but you do get like spell stutter sprite that's a big one and vendillion click is of course just a great card it doesn't really matter that it's a fairy point being if there are good fairies for modern in this set that tribe uh suddenly gets a boost in modern and then you start looking at what other cards are good with fairies in modern and the swords came to mind uh sword of feast and famine sword of fire and ice um sort of war and peace so uh they because the thing is uh bitter blossom is legal in modern and flying you know something that produces a ton of evasive creatures that can hold a sword uh that that's kind of what makes the swords good like there are plenty of things to carry it and get in so uh sorry i worded that so strangely but <laughs> you kind of get what i'm saying the mm-hmm. point being that we have uh some evasion and a lot of little little creatures that can uh, benefit from the swords. I'm not saying everybody's going to be packing four of them, but just having um, a couple of them, that's something else that came to mind. Um, the San Diego Comic-Con panel is this weekend. I believe it's Saturday. I don't believe it's being streamed, which I think is really weird that they've stopped doing that. Uh, but the people in the audience, uh, anybody that's there that's in the Magic community, which, of course, if they – if they're there, they probably are part of the magic community. They're going to just start tweeting it. We'll figure out somebody that that's just live tweeting the entire event. And yep. uh, so I think the best way to get the information for the panel, uh, as if you want it as soon as possible, is to just pay attention to Twitter. Um, the I hashtag is a go good. Ahead, I think that's good advice just in general. I think so, too. That's kind of what I use Twitter for in, in a lot of ways. It's just like my news feed for magic or you know i have a list for the nfl so i can get my nfl news or whatever photography things like that so i have my uh, mtg list and that's where i get all my magic news basically anyway um somebody will tweet anything that's really interesting and then i'll be able to read the articles straight from there so i've never uh, made a case, list yeah. my feed is just pure chaos yeah well some you do it how you how you want to do it so 
Uh, but I do think just following Twitter is the best way to do it um, for this weekend and, and checking things out that way. Um, yeah, Saturday. I don't know what time it is. And there were, oh, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. The hashtag is apparently MTG Eldrain or uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. MTG Eldrain. So that kind of uh, if you want to follow that hashtag, that'll that'll get you the information if people are using the hashtag correctly. So uh, just just keep an eye out this weekend. Um, I guess we can move on since we're We've got basically squeezed everything out of that little bit of information that we got this morning. Um, right. Now back to old standard, which is right now week one standard from course at 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm like, can we get past this? I'm ready for, I'm ready for a new set. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but um, I'm ready for rotation, honestly. Yeah, well, that too. That's the thing about the fall. Uh, The fall set is like so much more exciting than the rest of the sets just because not only do you get a new set, a new – a lot of times a new plane or you're revisiting an old plane. uh, It's a big set and you get to push all these cards out of standard and you get to kind of have a really fresh format. But um, we're not there yet. So we did just have week one new standard this past weekend. We had uh, Star City Worcester and just like – Every week one standard format, it seems, Mono Red took it down. Mono Red won. <laughs> right after we posted an episode, what, two episodes ago that said Red is dead? Yeah, but it's week one, so it's we're exempt from Red, Red is never I dead guess. week one. I don't know. I don't know what the heck was going on here. I mean, like, all these people should have been able to stop a Mono Red deck. And it's interesting that Mono Red won, right? The next instance of Mono Red uh, was 20th place. And there were only, I think, three total copies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 31st place was the other one. Okay. Um, there are only three to- total copies of Mono Red Aggro in the top 32. Um, which means that, I mean, uh, Aaron's performance was exceptional. You know what I mean? For uh, sure. And. Um, to, to take down a fist where, again, you know, there, if we're a lot of mono, either mono red was represented or red just wasn't cutting the mustard here, you know, she found a way to take it down. Um, and well, I mean, it could be that a lot of people thought red was dead. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Like, for, for real, maybe people really did see kind of the same uh, cues that you did and say, like, I don't think mono red's any good. So, one, I'm not playing it. And two, I'm not going to prepare for it. I'm not going to have too much to worry about. You know, I'm not going to worry about it showing up. And that might both of those things could contribute to, you know, there aren't that many people playing mono red. So there's only three copies in the top 32. And most people aren't really worried about mono red. So all those cards that you're you're saying are going to stop mono red uh, aren't showing up in the numbers that they might this coming weekend in a standard event because now that mono red of course showed up and won, we're going to see a lot of that stuff uh, all, all those mono red hate cards start to show up so those i'm just kind of pointing out a couple different things that could be affecting the metagame here um you know the just because there the cards exist to make mono red bad doesn't mean 
people are playing those cards in the in high numbers. It's kind of a similar concept to like dredge and modern because dredge is really good except when everybody has their graveyard hate, dredge gets really bad. So uh, everybody starts kind of easing up on the graveyard hate. What happens? Dredge starts winning tournaments. So that's it might not be a, an exact comparison, but I feel like it's a similar thing where, yeah, the cards are there to make mono red terrible. But are they in people's decks? Or are they? I guess not. I mean, like, I feel like Soren Vengeful Bloodlord uh, should be. There should be more copies of this card. That card. In these Orzhov Vampire decks. Yeah, the, the Orzhov Vampires deck is uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's a shame that it's basically got, like 90% of it's going to rotate. Because it's like a, a Ixalan block deck with Soren <laughs> and a couple other cards. Right. But you get like Knight of the Ebon Legion. There's a few other va- uh, vampires. But you, but like Adanto Vanguard, such a good card. It's a vampire. You know, uh, Champion of Dusk. I'm mm-hmm. just looking at, at the fourth place list by uh, Legion's Land. Yeah. So like all of these cards that that are really um, fueling this deck are rotating. So it's it's sort of like, well, if you've got these cards already – and you pick up a few Sorens and like, uh, what is it, Knight of the Ebon Legion. I'm kind of skimming through what what new cards there are. You could sort of just pick up a couple of the newer cards and and play this deck for a couple of months. But I wouldn't go out and just try to buy the whole deck and expect to get more than a couple of months use out of it because so much of it is rotating out. Um, I don't know. Maybe Vampires is one of the tribes with the fairies in, uh, in Throne of Eldraine. I wouldn't count on it, but... It's kind no, of kind of I interesting. Um, the other tribal deck that we had in in the top eight here, of course, the the talk of standard Risen Reef, uh, Teamer Elementals. I did not think Elementals, like tribal Elementals, was actually going to be a thing when we started seeing like the the new Chandras. Even though the the one says something like Elementals, you control, you know, get this or you know. Uh, Chandra Awakened Inferno deals three damage to each non-elemental creature. You know, the, these kind of elemental-themed things on Chandra. I, I was like, oh, I guess we're getting some elementals, whatever. I definitely didn't expect to see a whole deck. And the engine, of course, is is Risen Reef. And you've got, like, Omnath to pair with it. Like, those two cards, I think, are just making this deck insane. It's a ramp deck. And it ramps up to, like, Cavalier of Thorns, which, of course is also going to help you ramp and uh and i think cavalier of thorns is is the best cavalier and i think week one uh it goes a lot you know goes a long way of showing this one as the best one of course i i certainly wouldn't uh be surprised if more of the cavaliers started seeing play uh, as we as we move forward but um it, it seems like a, a the best of them right now um I'm, I'm just kind of perusing these lists. Mono blue, aggro, Ross Merriam. What are you doing? I mean, he did come in second. It's obviously the the right call for the metagame, but I'm so sick of this deck. I thought it was gone. It's back. <laughs> 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 I hate this deck. It, it really, like, looking through, it really got uh, not very much. It got the Spectral Sailor, which is a, the 1-1 one, one for one flash flying, and uh, you can pay four to draw a card like that's that's pretty cool just like another flash creature it's a a evasive creature as well that can hold a uh, curious obsession pretty easily um but then the sideboard cerulean drake so ross was prepared for the for the mono red but uh still right i just can't believe how this deck lost i didn't watch the match to be Mm -hmm. fair 
but I just can't believe how this deck would lose to Mono Red in the finals. You know, I mean, like out of the board, you got the three Drakes, the two Gusts, right. and that's on top of three, six, seven, uh, eight, nine. Nine counter spells and four pseudo counter spells in dive down. Right. You know that's pre board. Right. You know, and then you're adding another two with three more pro red creatures that can counter a spell also, and an O five that you just put in because it's an O five. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> um, it just blows my mind. I guess you still need to draw the cards too. Maybe it just wasn't enough. You know, I, I like you said. I also didn't watch that match, but uh, but yeah, this deck does seem. I would say it's it's prepared plenty for mono red so you know maybe it's just an unlucky thing i, I don't know but uh now yeah. now you know this deck is kind of cold because you've got terramander you've got storm tamer you've got sailor they're all gonna die to uh chain right. whirler you know what i mean so that's not good but then you got tempest Jin, you know and tempest Jin is a four toughness creature that just comes down um i don't know i i, I gotta see this match because i just can't even believe well how uh that deck looking at at aaron's sideboard she's got three copies of fry and four lava coils to deal with the the tempest gin so i mean and fry can't mm. be countered so you're like yeah but dive it down be dive yeah that's down. that's one thing that he can use but that's basically his only defense against fry well you know what aether gust actually technically works yep. uh to not counter it but at least delay the uh the fry by putting it on top of the i, I would assume if you you want to if you want to kill a Tempest Gin, uh, Tempest Gin and you uh, you get your Fry Aether Gusted, you're going to put it on top. So I think you just right. it kind of delays it. But that, that could be enough. Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There's there's plenty of removal for, for the Gin, but it has to resolve. But like you said, Chain Whirler kind of wipes basically almost the rest of the deck, just wipes it out, uh, unless the Terramander is adapted and... Uh, or they don't have one of their 8,000 counter right. spells. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, Mono Blue is back for now. I hope not to see it too much longer, but I guess we know it's going to it's gonna rotate. So that's, again, why I'm looking forward to rotation. I just don't like this deck. Uh, it's, it's good. It's not that I don't think it's good. I don't like a lot of the decks in Standard right now. It's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. It's hard to, just, to even describe. Like, I'm just playing magic and then someone sticks a Nissa and I'm like, I'm not having fun anymore. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I don't like this. I don't know. Like I, I've been feeling that way a lot lately playing magic. I've just been like losing interest very fast, you know? And like, you know, we, we talked about this a lot. Last right. So we week, don't need to go too you know, deep into like, it, but I know you did have something you wanted to, to kind of mention. Yeah. So why don't we just go ahead and do that? Yeah, for sure. So, like, you know, last week we were real negative, I felt. Like, not, I don't the, know. The first half, half we of the episode, I think we we were on the negative side. Yeah. Yeah, that's just, I mean, but it was a real reaction. It wasn't like, you know, we set up the episode to to try bashing stuff. And typically, we don't spend, you know, whole episodes just bashing stuff. We try to find some positives. But I think we were kind of not feeling in a real good place with, uh, with magic uh, last week. And, you know, I realized that there's a solution to that, you know? I realized that, like, when I'm feeling, like, negative about magic, especially kind of not being quite as hardcore as I was when I played last Mm -hmm. time, um, you just 
stop playing for a few days. You know, like like I've been watching Tour de France. You know, I watch Tour de France every year. I don't know if anyone knew that watching listening to this podcast, but I listen to the Tour de France or watch the Tour de France. Um, you know, every year for the last six years. Um, so I get up at five a.m. I watch that. Um, I've got the G1 Climax tournament happening for New Japan, and I've been watching that as much as I possibly can. Is that wrestling? I actually Um, don't even know. Okay. Yes, it's uh, New Japan Pro (laughs) Wrestling. Um, We went down to Austin uh, last weekend and saw Los Campesinos. We're going to see Queen with Adam Lambert coming up this Tuesday. You know, I find ways to enjoy myself that aren't magic-related, you know? Uh, and And I think it's one of those things where I know when I was very deeply embedded in the competitive scene that I didn't feel like, you know, if I'm not enjoying magic, I'm not enjoying my life. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, but there are like, there are other things out there that you can do to enjoy yourself. And I know it sounds obvious saying it out loud, but you know, I think we don't always think about that. We're like, Oh, well, I'm having a bad time at magic and you know, it must be that, you know, everything sucks, but it doesn't, you know, there are other things you can do just to kind of step away let you distance yourself, get a little perspective, and then come back to it fresh. You know, I think it's better to come back fresh than beat your head against the wall, you know, especially because that you can't beat the wall. Right. You know, yeah. that's like uh, Mitch Hedberg said about playing tennis. You'll never be better than a wall. They're relentless. <laughs> um, so, you know, y- y- you can't beat the wall. So if you hit a wall, walk away, go find a door, go through the right. door, see what else is out there come back to the wall later. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, like, <laughs> just maybe just move on. And, and like you said, you'll maybe the wall, maybe you move to a different spot and you know, it's, there's no wall there. Go find know. a hammer. Yeah, something. Just go find I don't a know. hammer. I, I think, I mean, this sort of ties into a question we had on our discord that, uh, that Matt brought up. Uh, one of his questions was, you know, no one ever really quits magic, but a lot of people take, take breaks, like short breaks, long breaks, whatever. Um, except for the question. Well, he's taking a really long break. Um, what makes you want to take a break and what brings you back? And uh, like I thought that was a good question because I did – I took a really long break, maybe the longest break that that I've had since I started playing Magic um, after I did my last commentary. Like I, I basically – you know, it wasn't like I wasn't at all interested in Magic, but I wasn't playing. I was just kind of like looking at things on Twitter, looking at new cards, watching a little bit of coverage. Um but basically from like 2013 to – I would say I wasn't really playing again until 2015 and then even then that was just for a couple of months and then I stopped again. So because it just wasn't deeply embedded in what I wanted to, uh, wanted to do. But in this example, like this isn't really a break. But I think the – to sort of answer Matt's question is we can get sort of burnt out and whether it's being burnt out on Magic kind of entirely um, – or just being burnt out on a certain format at a certain time where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to take a week or two and not really play much. I'll still keep up with things a little bit. And, and uh, maybe in a few weeks, the format will have moved on to a point where I'm excited about it, about it again. Um, I mean, we can always, you know, create your own deck and that kind of thing, but that doesn't always work out well. Um, 
And sometimes like for me, I just kind of like to look at decks that other people make. And when they start having success with it, I say, hey, you know, that looks like fun. I didn't think blue white was playable in standard right now. So this person is proving that it is. And I'm going to build that and try it. Like that's an example. And of course, a a wish out to the universe right now (laughs) that I would like someone to play blue white control in standard and make it uh, and and it be a good good deck. Um, But yeah, like it's kind of. That's sort of how I feel right now with standard is that maybe I'm not burnt out, but I'm just not as interested. So I'm taking a, a break from standard. At the same time, I'm like pumped about modern. I'm I'm watching like modern coverage or just people streaming uh, all the time. Like I had I had um, uh, Thomas Sotomirsky's stream on last night. That's Sodek on uh, MTGO and just you know, we, we actually have his name written down here in our notes. He won the MCQ in um, at, uh, I guess, Magic Fest Krakow over the weekend playing Dredge. And he's really he's known as just one of the best Dredge players. Um, I had his stream on last night at, in my house for like three hours. And at one point I left and came back. It was still on. My daughter and wife apparently were watching it. Um, <laughs> it was just so like I'm super excited about modern right now. Um and so that's sort of my way of taking a break from standard is just checking out another format. Um, but if I just wasn't into magic at the time, I can just, you know, do something else that I, I'm interested in or you know, movies and TV shows. Yeah. The NFL is kind of getting ready to ramp back up. I'm excited about that. So, um, yeah. Even though we've changed our uh, little catchphrase there to make them have it, I think we both kind of employed a little stop bitch and start brewing in the last week, you know, like. Right. Or we, we we were last week on the show we were bitching so we were like we had to brew up some ways to get that mindset out of our system right. you know and I think that we both did you know and like and like and I don't what's funny is that like because I spent so much time um, not in, not enjoying modern and kind of being uh, you know adverse to modern um, I don't think of it yeah as <laughs> something I can can uh, pivot to. Right. You know, I don't think about that. Um, I, I'm like, oh, well, I guess I got to do something else because, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of this limited either, at least not the sealed. I played some of the sealed and it was just very, I don't know. It was just something off about it because I think and I think Ryan Gurmore made a good point is that um, there are a lot of like good like tournament staples, like a good lot of good standard staples mm-hmm. um, in the set. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times your sealed pools can be like, you got these six cards that are going to be like for at least for your rares. You got these six cards that are going to be great in your standard collection, but there ain't no way you're going to use them in limited. You know what I mean? So you're just kind of like, like trying to like piece together. Like it's not the best sealed deck format. I I don't think I've drafted it yet. So I'd have to do that. Are you talking about core set Um, 2020 then? Okay. Core set 2020. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I, so I haven't really done much with that. So basically, I think standard or limited or nothing. You know, I don't really think. Oh, I could look at modern. Right. You know, but I guess I could start doing that now. And the format looks pretty exciting. Well, yeah, let's, you know? let's like, talk about modern because, uh, like, I think. I mean, I have a lot that I can say about modern right now, and it is very exciting. Um, and I know you and I played some games. We'll talk about that in a second. Just to go back to um, kind of our, what I mentioned a minute ago about Dredge taking down that that MCQ, um, that top eight had eight distinct archetypes. So you had Dredge. And that's I cool. mean, th- that tells you something about modern right now is that it's back to being its uh, 
wild, wild west sort of uh, self right now because we've got the London Mulligan. We've got the introduction of Modern Horizons and we've got the banning of Bridge from Below, which has taken away the, you know, the big uh, bad wolf in terms of the Hogak Bridgevine decks. Uh, But there was a Hogak in the top eight in the Dredge deck. So just one copy. He's cut prized amalgam, I think, to make room for it. And I think this might be something we're going to see a lot of uh, because Prized Amalgam, great card, and you know it's it's definitely a big part of the of Dredge's um, offense. But cutting one for a Hogak, I think, is totally reasonable because it's it's another card that's extremely uh, offensive, let's say. <laughs> and uh, you know you've yeah. got an eight eight Trampler that you can play out of the graveyard. This is kind of how I pictured Hogak when we when we first talked about the card. I can't remember if I mentioned it on the episode, but this is why I pre-ordered my Hogaks because I thought, you know what? I could see this as a one to two of in Dredge. Um, I bought four of them because they were like two or three bucks at the time, and I thought, I, in case this card is really good, I may as well have a playset. Uh, but yeah, this seems great. Like having it as a one to two of in, in Dredge, which is already such a... Uh, kind of tight, very well-oiled machine uh, already. So I think cutting an amalgam for a Hogak is is step one, uh, and it may just be able to stop right there in terms of where Dredge wants to go with this new format. But rest of that that top eight, just really quick, is it Phoenix, Eldrazitron, Jund, Humans, Titan Breach, Mardu Pyromancer, and uh, Classic Mono Green Tron. Um, so no blue white makes me sad but blue white's still good um and playable it just makes it a little it's a little less less good than it was because there are so many different archetypes that makes the control decks it's it's hard to find answers to everything so it kind of knocked blue white down you know i'd say a half a tier it's like a tier 1.5 deck now um if you ask me um but yeah i'm still still on the blue white this is kind of where I like blue white to be. I don't want it to be the best deck because then it gets hard targeted and and everybody's playing it and you just have a lot of mirror matches. But I think as a playable, uh, solid deck, this is this is where I want blue white to be. Um, amulet decks are back because primeval titan decks, you know, like titan breach, uh, these kinds of decks couldn't like they're very. Um, kind of explosive on their own but they're not as explosive and consistent as the bridgevine decks were and they have no real way to fight the the bridgevine deck uh other than something like uh what's it of course i'm gonna forget the name pajuka bog there we go uh out of like the amulet decks that's the way you fight dredge but dredge actually sometimes gives you a minute to get it <laughs> like if you don't have time uh like the bridgevine decks didn't give the amulet decks the time that that they needed so it was just a bad deck for a while but it's back um the the other deck that i'm looking at right now i'm looking to build i'm really excited about the urza decks that we're seeing um urza comma something 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 i already forgot his name lord artificer lord high artificer that's it yeah. um yeah, so the Urza decks, I'm excited about these. I think they may have been better in the in the Bridgevine metagame for like a similar reason to to uh, well, not really to Blue White because they were trying to answer it so much, but so many people were trying to answer the Bridgevine decks that the Urza decks, you know, there were, people didn't have enough to fight the Urza decks, so they had a better uh, situation in the metagame with Bridgevine as a top deck. But they're still, I think this is kind of the I don't want to call it the evolution of the KCI decks, but it is 
along those lines. Like if you like playing an artifact deck, this is this is where you want to be. Unless you want to play like an aggro deck, then you just go with like affinity. But these Urza decks, I think, are just really really cool. Grixis is the color uh, combination of choice. It seems that's most popular. Um, Brian Koval was part of the team that that made the top eight. I think made the finals of SCG Pits- Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. But that was during the Bridgevine uh, metagame. So. Uh, I think mostly those Grixis colors are there for cards like Tezzeret, Agent of Bolas, and you get like Thoughtseize, cards like that. But you could also argue, I mean, and Brian actually mentions, he posts a list in his most recent article on Star City uh, about going Jeskai. And the main deck is basically the same. You're just getting sideboard cards. It's sort of like you can decide your color combination based on what you want on your sideboard. And white typically has very good sideboard options. You get like Wear Tear and Celestial Purge and things like that. Um, but anyway, I, I'm working on I'm, I'm going to try this deck myself. I'm, I haven't got the cards yet, but uh, that's my next my next thing I want to kind of work on and, and learn. Did you did you pre-order? Urza's? No, but they were pre-ordering really high. So they've actually, I think, yeah. dropped from their pre-order prices. They were, I think, pre-ordering around 70 and now they're 40, oh, wow. 45, they're 50, yeah. like 50. On OK, Star so, City yeah. Or so they were it wasn't worth pre-ordering those so that's going to be tough the big hurdle there though is mox opal which is like 110 bucks so that's a pain so you know i'm going to try it online first like i'm going to rent it through card hoarders loan program try it out see how much i like it if i like it a lot i'm going to trade in a bunch of cards to cool stuff and uh and that way i can i can get these cards because i'm certainly not uh excited about the (laughs) the hit to the wallet that this deck comes with but i'm excited i really like urza as a card um so uh, I think that's kind of cool. I'm thinking about building a modern deck. Yeah. In paper. Ooh, okay. I want to hear. I want to hear. Uh, this mono red prowess. Oh, okay. Because it's pretty cheap, and I like the explosiveness of it. Um, now, is that the one that funny. has – does that have Phoenix in it or no? Okay. No, this has a three Bedlam Re- Reveler. Um, do you know what that card yes. does at all? Okay, I don't really. Uh, Blister Coil Weird, uh, two of, apparently. Mm. That's weird. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, four Monastery Swift Spear, four Soul Scar Mage, um, 17 lands, 15 mountains, and seven Fiery Islets. This is beautiful. Uh, two Gutshot, four Lava Dart, four Lightning Bolt, four Manamorphose, four Crash Through, four Faithless Looting, four Lava Spike, four Light Up a Stage, main deck, mm. right? I mean, it's crazy mm-hmm. deck right it just looks nuts uh it's really funny that manamorphose is like the most expensive it is card in it's the a deck. shame <laughs> that's really odd i'm like 20 dollars yeah each. Oh that's the gosh. one that i like i i bought that for is it phoenix like last fall and then that's the card that i traded in first because it was like you know what if this gets a reprint it's gonna be three bucks <laughs> like this is the first one i'm right. trading away uh like i traded it traded it in um so, because uh, I'm like, I'm not going to hold on to this one because this one's just not likely to to stick around. Like as soon as it gets reprinted in something, uh, but yeah, um, that sounds cool. I want to. I would like to to play against that if you want to um, meet up online like we did the other day. Um, you want to talk about that deck that you played? Yeah, for sure. Wow, there's another copy of the deck running 16 nice. lands. <laughs> oh my god! You start like with 16, and if it's really you know you really need that extra land, go up to 17. This isn't a forty card deck, y'all. Like, what the <laughs> heck? I'm like, I have trouble running sixteen lands in my forty card decks. Oh my gosh. Um. So yeah. So 
with that said, I might try to build this one in paper, but in the meantime, Joey and I uh, did a little modern testing on Moto um, for the next uh, Fringe Division segment. So let's get that thing rolling. Yeah, so um, I played this uh, Rakdos Skelemental deck. <laughs> um, I don't even know what to call it, honestly. Um, it but uh, elemental, Ryan, like a, it was, it was, it was mostly based around elementals, right? So it's yeah. Um, well, it kind kind of elementals, but uh, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about this list, to be honest, but I wanted to try it, and I was kind of pressed for time in terms of, like, getting a deck together. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of went with the list he sent me. You right. know, I was like, all right, we'll just try this one and figure it out. Uh, but I did really enjoy it. Um, I'm trying to actually find the list. Okay, so here's the list okay. here. Uh, is uh, four Ball Lightning, three Dread Horde Arcanist, one insolent neonate. Yes, only one, Joey. I kept drawing him my opening hand like every friggin' game. Um, I always joke that if I run a, if I run four copies of a card, I'll never draw it. But if I run one, I get it in my opening hand every time. I've always said that, so it's really funny that that kept happening. Um, four lightning skelemental, two seasoned pyromancer, and one young pyromancer. Um, it's got 14 sorceries, four faithless looting, four inquisition of Kozilek, Two Thought Seas and Four Unearth. And for instance, we've got one Dismember, two Fatal Push, one Colgon's Command, and four Lightning Bolts. And then uh, 19 Lands, uh, four Black Cleave Cliffs, two Blood Crypt, four Bloodstained Mire, one Dragon Skull Summit, five Mountain, two Scalding Tarn, which I actually just turned into basic lands uh, because of budgeting reasons, right. <laughs> and uh, and one Swamp, and then four Thunderkin Awakener also, which for some reason was separate from the other creatures. I have no idea why. Um, I didn't build a sideboard for it, because, uh, frankly, because Ryan didn't send me the sideboard, and I was too lazy to look. Um, also budgeting, too. I, I was kind of on a budget with building this. So um, I threw that together on the loan program, and Joey and I uh, went to town. Yeah. Um, did I win any of those matches? I don't remember. I mean, we, it's hard to call them matches. They weren't sideboarded, so we, we just played a bunch of game ones, um, and you definitely yeah. won some of them. Um, remember, you you I, you were empty-handed at one point, and I tapped out, and I cleared your board, and it was like, as long as he doesn't top-deck ball lightning, oh, look, ball lightning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yep. Ball lightning or lightning skeletal, either one, because I was at six. Yeah. Um, I think you, you killed me. In another game too, because I remember being at like three, and you were just like, "Oh, look, bolt!" You know, I think you top decked the bolt to kill me. So, I had, I had another way to kill you too, but I was just like, "There's no reason to even go through the motions here. Just bolt yeah. space and let's move on." Yeah, it was tough. You know? So, I mean, I played a couple different decks. Um, I played Dredge, I played Humans, and I played Blue White against you. I think, um, and I think, yeah, I think we kind of. I don't. I think I only played one game of Dredge, and it, I won. And then I think you. I think I, I swapped off to a different deck at that point. But, uh, yeah, that was – I think I just kind of went off with the dredge deck with, like, three prized amalgams on turn two and a couple of blood gas. Yeah. yeah you were just like, oh, yeah, that, was about... that happens. I think you just conceded. Right uh-huh. away. But, no, so yeah, I... the deck that you're playing, though, like, let's talk about that deck because it seems super explosive because, like – It can yeah. be. You... There's a couple of cards. Like, I don't I don't like Dreadhorde Arcanist in Oh, weird. It. Um 
I think Arcanist is great, but like I don't know what it does for this deck. Like, so the problem with it is, I mean, obviously you can get back a Lightning Bolt, um, you can get back a Fatal Push. Inquisition um, of Close It doesn't do anything with Unearth. I mean, you can do that, yeah, but I mean, I don't really see how that's that good. Mm-hmm. I kind of just want the card to be more explosive. I see. You know, because I felt like it just kind of sat there, and then I was like, "Oh, I can get, I can use an." And at that at that point, like there would just be an unearth in my graveyard, and I'm like, "Okay, great." Right. So I can use unearth to get back a skeletal that can't attack because it's after attackers are declared. You know, it's like there's like just kind of like a non-bow element to it, and I didn't like that. So I don't know. I feel like if I were to build this deck like with a little more thought. Mm. I would cut that card um, maybe for the full set of Neonates or maybe for, like, more um, Ball Lightning uh, clones. I don't know what. I have to look at, like, an actual card list. Right, well, the thing that, you know, that start- I'm thinking about is just from the games we played is that a lot of times when I looked at your graveyard and it was there was nothing scary in it, I was like, I feel safe. So it was almost like you you didn't have targets, like you said, for the Arcanist. You'd go, oh, great, there's an Unearth. Like, what? there's nothing to Unearth. Right. Or, so it was almost like you want some self-mill options in there. And, like, I don't know where, I mean, I'm, there's a ton of options. You can put some dred- dredge well, cards in. Like, yeah, you get the looting, you get the neonate. But, like, they're not really milling you in in the quantity that you might want. I I don't know. It's hard because it's not really a deck that is recursive, like, so hard on the recursive plan. But you do get, like, Thunderkin Awakener, right? Like, you play that and I'm like, no, there's nothing in his graveyard. Like, I don't care. Like, that's fine. (laughs) Right? Right. Like, great. That's a terrible card right now. But then suddenly you've got a couple things. As soon as you get a Ball Lightning or Lightning Skelemental, whether I counter it or kill it or anything, you know, get hit with it. Now your Thunderkin Awakener is terrifying because you've got this just sitting in your graveyard until I can get rid of it. And it's just going to come back every turn uh, for me to have to deal with. So it's almost like like a bit of self-mill or something could could work. And I'm just trying to think of like what you could use. Like Stitcher Supplier is the first one that comes to mind because it, it costs one and it mills six cards like just by itself. It's right. slow. It doesn't have haste right. or anything. Um, I'm certain that it's certainly not an elemental. But uh, – <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's a zombie or something, but um, but it does mill you a few cards, and you know there's there's that option. Another thing is like would would alter of dementia th- make sense? Because you're gonna sacrifice, you're gonna want to sacrifice, uh, right? Like you have to sacrifice ball lightning and lightning elemental anyway. So sacrificing to mill yourself to get possibly more elementals in your graveyard and more targets for unearth might not be that bad like although it's again it's a little it's slow because you've got to cast it on turn two um which is possibly when you want to be casting like your thunderkin awakener or your dreadhorde uh, arcanist things like that right. but right. just i'm just off the top of my head trying to think of of mill options for you or or rather than mill options just having more i mean because I, again you do have. I, mean, I did do that one play where I was like Inquisition myself. Right, right. Discard uh, Lightning Skelemental. You were like, "Oh Lord!" And then I was like, "Next turn on Earth." I was like, "Wait, that's a little backwards," but uh, it got the job done. Right. Um, now again, you know, neonate uh, upping the number of neonates would help. Mm-hmm. Because that way you can discard you can discard the things in your hand um, to get things in your graveyard. Um, of course, looting works. Um, the seasoned pyromancer also does. Yeah, that's that, true. Which yeah. you know, 
I don't even think about the fact. I always think about it as play this creature, get two elementals. I don't think of it as discard two cards and draw two cards. I'm like, oh, it does that yeah, too, yeah. you know? Um, so then what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get at here is uh, why don't we add Groundbreaker while we're at it? Just throw them in. Who cares if you can cast them? I mean, that's, that's true. Um, it's kind of like if you're not planning on casting it anyway. Although you did hard cast Ball Lightning several times. You can. You can, but I mean, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so you got the light ball lightnings and you got the skeletals you can sure. hard cast. Groundbreaker gets into your hand. The goal is get it in the graveyard. Right. You know, as long as you, you know, obviously you can't go, well, what if, I, nope, you can't. You can't do it. So you just got to get it in your graveyard somehow. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, you could um, go really hard on the on the ball lightning clone kind of plan. And with this, with more neonites, like you said. Ooh, clone. I didn't think about yeah, clone. Yeah, play clone. That's we great. We could put clone in there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put make, build a clone deck. <laughs> I'm sure this will work. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was Tim's. Uh, that was Tim's EDH deck. Was it? Remember? I thought it was all stealing things. It was stealing and okay. cloning. It was all. Yeah. It was. It that's, was both. That's awesome. It was. I take your things. I clone your things. I kill you with your right. things. I love it. He would. He would have loved. Um, he would have loved uh, Demir midrange in this. Uh, in this format. Yeah. I, I don't even. With the. I mean, in standard with the thief, oh, right, thief right, sanity. Right. Yeah, I'm taking bant mass manipulation. We gotta get Tim playing magic. There we go. We found a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I think this deck is kind of exciting, and I think you should explore it a little more than you know. I, I know you. I don't know how much you played with it beyond what we did, but um, not at it all. It seems like a fun. Honest. It seems like a fun deck to to try to keep exploring. I don't know. Yeah. I would suggest doing it. Yeah, I don't think Groundbreaker is like gonna. Uh, it's not an expensive card, so you know, getting getting a couple of copies copies of that and throwing them in the deck would be kind of fun to see how it works. You know, you do need more self mill though. You need to put, I think, the neonates, like you said, uh, at least to start with, and um, try, I don't know, try it. Maybe it's clunky, and then you change it. But I don't know. I think the Young Pyromancer is a hard cut. I have no idea what that one copy of Young Pyromancer is doing in the deck. It's to just be honest. Yeah, it is, that is a little bit weird, right? Because how many and copies? Maybe even like if you're maybe even the Cole Guns Command. Yeah, that I don't was know. just a like one of right. Like, so yeah. So I don't think you. That's kind of an odd. I mean, you do get something back from your graveyard. It's like I need a raise dead that kills something or kills an artifact. Like that's great, but. Oh, you get to choose two on it, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's not bad. Yeah, it's, oh, it's definitely not bad. I love that card, actually. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, it's a good card. I'm just trying to figure out if it actually belongs in right. there. It's I don't not, know. I just kind of want to go it's hard. It's not unearthed, right? Like, it puts it back in your hand. It's right. raised dead. Right? right. So, But it has the versatility of getting rid of, you know, a blocker. Kills an artifact. Getting, right. Yeah, destroy an artifact, do two damage to a creature or player, um, make them discard a card, or raise dead. So, yeah, I mean... It's certainly not unplayable or or useless in the deck, but yeah, if you're going to go hard on that theme, I think it's not bad. But put the Colagons command in the sideboard then. If if it's like, oh, you know what, I need to I need yeah. to slow down my plan a little bit uh, to be able to combat what my opponent's doing, I'll you know board out the Groundbreakers and put in the Colagons command, something like that, right? Like I'm not gonna I'm not going so hard that I have I'm basically mulliganing mulliganing every time I draw a Groundbreaker. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, think think about that. Um, we should we should revisit yeah. this in two weeks, um, or you know. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna continue down this path. Um, I know, you know, I keep talking about wanting to play different decks every time, but I kind of am liking some of the decks I've been choosing, so I kind of want to go a little further with them. Um, 
and again, I haven't had enough time to really put this thing through the play- paces, like playing a league with it or something. Right, yes. So I think I might tweak the list, uh, throw it in a league and see how it does, and then report back on that in two weeks. So we'll just be doing more uh, more skeletal business yeah. in two weeks here, but uh, have, hopefully have a little more data, a little better uh, feel for the deck against the current metagame. Yeah, sounds good. Um, so I think we should pretty much wrap this episode up. Um, I did want to mention I was invited to be a guest on the Control Freak podcast with uh, Alex Blackard. Yeah. Um, it's a, a newer podcast. I, I think I'm episode nine, which is going to post this Monday, so it's not up yet. Uh, but definitely we will link his previous episodes in the show. And of course, we will tweet uh, or I, I will tweet we'll tweet the episode that I'm on from our Twitter and we'll probably probably link it in our next episode as well. But um, just to let you all know to keep an eye out for it. Um, it was fun. I had a lot of fun guesting on another podcast. It's been been a while since I did anything like that. And yeah. uh, it's a little bit we talked a bunch about blue, white and modern and then a bunch about kind of like how I did used to do the commentary for Star City. And uh, and then I think we talked a bit about the state of competitive play and the MPL and things like that. So um, it, it was fun. We even talked a little bit of Ravens, Browns, NFL, you know, at the end, mm. you, uh, if, if you're into that kind of stuff. He's a Browns fan. So mm, that, was, that was fun. Uh, yeah. I don't know. This year's this year's looking like a, maybe a different year, but I'm sure everybody says that every year about their team. So who right. knows? Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll link that. That's that can be our our interplanar beacon for this week. No the doubt. control for the podcast. Um, and you all can check that out. Um, we want to thank all of our sponsors, as usual, Cool Stuff Inc., uh, Card Hoarder, and, of course, the Deck Builder app, which we mentioned last episode. Uh, thank, thanks to everyone who went and clicked that link and checked it out. Um, it's a pretty cool app. Uh, we will link that, of course, again in the show notes. It's linked on the website. And thanks to all our patrons on Patreon. Yeah, we're negotiating some sponsorships with Pepsi, Pizza Hut. Um, other other brands that begin with P. Yeah. Um, Pepto-Bismol. That's, that's the theme. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol, right. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, that about wraps us up. Do you have anything you wanted to add? Not at all. Let's rock and roll. Okay. All right. Don't forget the SDCC panel this weekend for Thrones of or Throne of Eldraine. Uh, definitely check that out. Um, and until next time, we're Yo! MTG Taps. Make them have it.